Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin. I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium, Mr. Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? It is Indian summer in the mid-Atlantic, post-Preakness. My uh, pick did not uh, win, but it seems like every woman who watched the race or has a rooting interest in horse racing had money on Swiss Skyver, so God love them. Um, we, we gave out the underneath horse, Jesus or Jesus's team. Um, people still can't get my singing out of their head from that, but um, it, it was it was a good card, um, exciting, exciting race. But uh, it's in the rearview mirror, and we head back to Belmont for mandatory pick six payoff. So, what do you what are your thoughts, Eric, on on the Preakness? Yeah, I, I I was awful. That was uh <laughs> that was one of my worst days. I you know I often don't catch a ticket just the way I bet, but I, I wasn't even close. A lot in a way it's better because I wasn't frustrated. It's not like I got a bad ride or something bad happened to you know I had the best horse. I remember there was a Gulfstream uh, pick six payout that paid sixty two thousand uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago now. And the one race I missed, my horse was clearly the best horse. He dueled the other favorite into defeat, uh, so that was frustrating. So I was just way off. The other day, um, I, I didn't love any horse in the Preakness. That's why, you know, Jesus's team, I figured I had an outside shot at least to get the money. But I'm not going to take much credit for that because I was so bad. Uh, but like you said, we'll turn the page. A lot of big uh, racing weekends coming up. We got the uh, Breeders' Cup in a few weeks. Uh, Belmont has what I thought would be a really good card this weekend. It came up, in my opinion, a little light, and we'll talk about that. And they threw us a, a bone, I thought, also with the mandatory payout pick six. And then we looked at the card when it came out last night, and there's three baby races with uh, almost all first-time starters in it. So we'll get into that in a moment. But before we talk about the Belmont Pick 6, we have a special guest uh, this week. Uh, GQ and I know each other through something called Wasabi Ventures Stables. Uh, and this is a horse ownership group that provides people like me, like you out there, to own a piece of a racehorse for a very small investment and very little risk, which is awesome about it. So with us today from Wasabi Venture Stable is the head of Wasabi Venture Stable, Mr. TK. TK, how are you today? I'm great, Mr. Eric. Thanks for thanks to you and GQ for having me on. It's uh, you know it's not often I get to do a lot of podcasts and radio interviews, you know, um, and it is very rare that I will tell you that I get to be on with two people I consider good friends, and uh, so it's a real pleasure today to be on with both of you and. Uh, and, and, and as you pointed out, we, we, we're, we're good friends who all met because of racing and we are all connected because of Wasabi. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's exactly what Wasabi was built to do. So Definitely. So, yeah, um, those who aren't uh, familiar with Wasabi Venture Stables, TK is the uh, – he started it. Uh, he's, he's a venture capitalist by trade. Uh, horse racing enthusiast his entire life and he's fulfilling a dream of one owning race horses and two getting more people involved in horse ownership 
who wouldn't have that opportunity. Um, because of uh, Authentic winning the Derby in my racehorse, there's been a lot of publicity as far as micro shares of owning horses. But um, the difference between micro shares in a Derby winner and small percentage shares in Wasabi is that uh, for some reason TK takes on all the risk. <laughs> You're, uh, and what I mean by that is his model is unique. And that's, you know, I've been around the block many times looking at partnerships to do what TK offered. Um, but I, I just want in the situation to have that monthly bill come in uh, for uh, the expenses. Somehow TK arranges his model so that uh, anyone who wants anywhere from a half percent up to five, uh, 4.99% of a horse, um, that's their only expense, the initial expense. There, there's a $99 admin fee, and that's the only overhead that you're, you're doing. Uh, whatever the horse claimed for, plus the taxes, if you want 1%, you're going to pay TK 1% plus the $99. And, and after that, you just watch the horse run and hopefully win. And the great thing about it is if the horse somehow doesn't um, pay for itself, as we say in horse racing, meaning uh, his, expense, his or her expenses, uh, are, are, he doesn't earn on the track what the expenses are um you as the minor shareholder um is on the hook for it tk is taking on that responsibility so um kudos to tk for for you know being being that type of um person and and that's that's where he really wanted the little guy to get involved in and um before I, I just continue to talk and not have TK say anything, um, <laughs> I that that's how I met TK. We I think we we talked on social media. We got to know one another on social media, but almost four years ago to the day we met at the Maryland Yearling Sale. I just happened to go um, because I had the ability to go to Maryland, not far from where I live, and I was always interested in just experiencing the sale. And TK was a speaker at one of the symposiums or whatever. And then uh, I introduced myself and the rest is history. But yeah, four years ago is where he launched um, Wasabi Venture Stables. A couple months later, claimed the first horse. Unfortunately, the way horse racing sometimes goes, that first horse never made it back out to the track. But... The second horse that got claimed first time he he got into the starting gate, he he was a winner. So you talk about um, you know high expectations or setting people expectations. Uh, it was great. So uh, let me stop talking. Let me let TK uh, say some things about his handicapping style. Um, anything I didn't already say about wasabi, and then we'll get into the pick six. Hey, thanks, GQ. So, yeah, everything Gary said is correct. Um, you know, and uh, just a couple of things. The way that Eric and Gary connect is is that, and this may be for everything else that we do uh, at Wasabi. What 
we may do better and more interesting than anyone else is we have an incredibly robust community, uh, we call them club members, uh, that sit around and talk all day. Literally, they chat about horse racing, they chat about life, they, this is where friendships are made, and that's one of the key aspects of what we've tried to build. And we're talking about all over the country, we have, I think we have 46 of the 50 states covered, so you've got people connecting from all over the planet and, and, and really talking about horse racing with different levels uh, of education about horse racing, too. That's the other key thing. We have three key tenets at, at Wasabi. One, complete honesty and transparency. So you, you, we, we don't sugarcoat anything. You, you learn and know everything good, bad, and indifferent, understand how money works in the game. Um, we, we're very big on transparency and, 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 uh, and honesty. The second piece is education. We, we hold webinars about every aspect of racing that you could possibly imagine. And because we have such a robust community, it doesn't always have to be me educating. Um, you know, we're going to talk about handicapping here in a second. And then the third thing is, is that we're completely fair about the, with the horses. We are horse and human centric is the way I describe it. And what I mean by that is we take great care of our trainers. Um, we are known in this industry for paying all of our bills early, if not on time, which is completely unheard of. That's taking care of the humans. And we are huge givers and make sure that every horse that runs with us has a home after racing. Also big for us. So those are really our three tenants. We've had a lot of success. We've, and we've done it at all levels too. Um, you know, and we, we started off as a claiming operation, as, as Gary said, but you know, we're, we also run one of the largest breeding operations in Maryland uh, now. So we're, we're really, uh, you know, from birth to retirement and we cover everything in between. We, we buy yearlings, uh, we home breed our, our, our racehorses now, and we're still active in claiming. So, um, we really do cover the whole gambit there. Um, like I said, we have almost we have almost thirty broodmares uh, now, um, which is just lunacy, uh, considering four years ago we had zero broodmares. Um, so, uh, but you know, I, I never do anything half-assed, as as, uh, <laughs> as people will say. You know, jumping into the handicapping, which is why everybody's listening. You know, I there's a there's a story in my family. Um, I, I got into racing. My great grandfather and his brother were trainers. Uh, so horse racing is kind of in the family, but then it skipped a couple generations. Really, nobody had anything to do with it until I got back involved just, uh, you know, a handful of years ago. And uh, But there is a story uh, in my family of me as about a one-year-old at a racetrack. Uh, it was at Timonium, actually. And I said, the one horse, and this is the, this is the family lore, the one horse is going to come out, he's going to be wearing orange, and he's going to win. And so post break comes out, the one comes out, the horse is wearing orange, you know, the jockey's got orange silks. My, my grandmother goes and places a bet on him and he wins by a, a pole. So, um, so that's the family legend of TK's handicapping. I've really been a handicapper my whole life, but I will tell you, and I'll say it to, to everyone listening, and, and I know these guys have heard me say it, I don't consider myself a great handicapper. I've met great handicappers. I'm not a great handicapper i i know i know the people who i i respect and and people i've met say wow they really can break down a race very quickly and really handicap well what i what i'm 
really had success at and has taken years to do this is, is, is that I look for statistical anomalies and then I handicap. And I, that's a big difference than someone who handicaps and is really incredible at that and then, you know, applies whatever they're going to do. And, and my entire world, it really shifted about, uh, really shifted uh, this year. Um, where I become almost an exclusively horizontal better. Um, and just to, you know, so in, just for education for those listening, um, obviously horizontal betting, I'm talking picks. And for me, I'm talking mostly pick fives, but pick fours, fives, the occasional pick six, and the occasional pick three. Um, so, but my bread and butter are pick fives. I play almost a pick five a day. Uh, I average about that. Um, and from us, and the other thing that's unique about sort of my handicapping style uh, is two things: is I track every single wager I've ever made in my entire life. I literally keep a database of every single wager that I've ever made, and I can tell you exactly where what I was betting on, the track I was betting on, the type of bet, what the actual bet was. All of it gets tracked in a database in a system that I've uh, that I built. Um, so that's one that's kind of unique. Um, so I can tell you sitting here right now, I looked up right before we got on, I've hit 124 pick fives this year. All right, hold on a second. Just let the, digest that. 124 pick fives. Yes, sir. And I know, you, you know, you're, you're very active on social media. Yeah. And back during COVID when everybody was stuck at home and thank God we still had some <laughs> tracks to, to bet on. Yeah. So, you were you were actively betting pick fives wherever yeah. there were tracks that had pick fives. Yeah, and you would post, and of course, there's always doubting Thomas's out on social media that yeah. says, "Oh, bull crap! There's no way anybody can hit five pick fives in a in a month." And you're saying you hit five in one day or whatever. Yeah, and it's all on how you play it. That's right. You know it. it you know it's. Your budget might be bigger than other people's, but still, you get the results. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll be very transparent with you guys and and the listeners. Uh, I looked the statistics up. I actually had one of the club members just yesterday ask me if I would divulge what my statistics, actual down in the weed statistics were. I've wagered two hundred and four thousand dollars on pick fives this year, and I've won two hundred and forty nine thousand. So. The, the ROI is pretty good, um, yeah. I, and, and it actually was much better. I've hit a really crummy streak for the last four or five weeks, you know, and those, that's what happens to everybody. You know, you hit these streaks where, you're, where, where things don't go well. Um, and, uh, but, you know, statistically, I'll take that all day. And, and just, you know, also some other stats out of my raw numbers. Uh, pick fives represent 73% of all the, the wagering dollars I've done this year. So the other 27% is all kinds of other stuff. Gotcha. Exact is like, for example, the last couple of weeks, I know you guys know this because I talked about it. Uh, you know, I've been on a real bender doing exactas, very selective exactas mm -hmm. when I see something where I think there's a really great chance to hit something big. Okay. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to hit exactas. I'm right. trying to hit the exacta that's going to pay on a, on a $30 wager, going to pay $400 or plus. 
That's right. what I'm trying to do. Those are the only exactas I play. And, you know, and I'll, I'll do a $10 exacta, you know, with one or maybe two horses on top and one or two or three horses underneath. And can I hit it? And it's something that came out of. Which leads me to the second thing that makes me kind of unique in my, in my handicapping style, which is I am very, very analytically based analytically and visually based. I actually have built a software system. I just call it the system um, that analyzes uh, tracks all over the country every single day and finds those horses by my model that are interesting. And when I see something interesting, that becomes a track or a horizontal wager that I'm going to look deeper at. Um, and it's, and it's, it's taken me you know, probably five years of, of software engineering and data analysis to get this. There are 126 elements in my, in my analysis system that weights and it changes and, and what those elements can be. And, you know, some of them are obvious things like, you know, things that all handicappers look at, right? You know, is, is it someone, is it a horse cutting back? Uh, that went long last time and is cutting back. That's like an element there, you know. And it's it, it is if it's going to come off the turf and it's going to be you know a turf to, uh, dirt, uh, turf to dirt. Um, is there a horse that looks better at that? And the way the system works is it's, it's a, bl- a bunch of pluses and minuses, right? Okay. In addition to it, the other thing is is that the system also allows me to track horses. Everybody you know either yeah. uses you know, Equibase's, you know, uh, you know, sort of virtual stable or they use one of the ADW virtual stables. Well, I want you to embed, envision that system on steroids and that's what I built. So what it does is instead of, you know, maybe you're tracking 100 horses, I track about 1,000 horses plus. And okay. what, what happens is, and I'm also a nut job who watches 50 to 100 races a day, every single day. And you might say, TK, how the freak do you do that? <laughs> you know? Well, I also built a system where I can watch four races at the exact same time, and I'm looking for very specific things. Um, so, and I have a piece of software that actually analyzes the stride length of horses. And as it analyzes the stride length, it'll flag things for me. It'll also instantly flag something if a horse checks. Um, it'll actually pop a yellow screen for me, and I look at it. So these are all things that I built that allows me to have this sort of analysis and look at all of these sort of different things in different ways. So, um, and now you might say, TK, how the hell do you do all of this? Well, I also have 30 some software engineers that work for me in the real world. (laughs) So I just, you know, I just assigned one of them and say, Hey, let's go build something. (laughs) And so, so my team built this for me, um, you know, kind of like, and that's what you get when you, you pay the bills. They'll do, they'll do work like this for you. So, um, so anyway, so that's a lot in there, um, you know, but I think I just, I, like I said, it goes back to my initial premise. I don't consider myself a great handicapper. I, 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 I'm a solid handicapper. I think if you hand me a form, I know what I'm looking for. But I am really, I have turned my handicapping. This is really, really in the last year, and, uh, and which is why I've had success. I mean, I'm, I'm collectively almost up $75,000 in wagering, just to give you a a sense, once again, to be transparent. And once again, I wager a lot. I'm wagering a lot of numbers, a lot of dollars compared to the average person, but the results have sort of backed that up. And, um, you know, and, but I couldn't do that or I would not feel comfortable doing that 
if I didn't do the analysis that I'm talking about. The other thing to keep in mind, which brings it back to Wasabi Venture Stables, is we're a claiming operation, right, at some level. Well, I'm also tracking most of these horses for some kind of claiming possibility, too. You know, so that's – I'm kind of wearing two hats at the same time. And, you know, not to bore it, and there's – you know, it's because it's not really the focus here. Claiming – for as an owner and handicapping have a lot of similarities, but they're not the same. It's a different skill set, and you're looking for different things. Um, but there is enough overlap that if you're watching races, you you know things will come out and you'll look at them. So so anyway, that was a long-winded answer to you know sort of my style, but I hope that that layered in some stuff that that lets you think about it. At well, least. the the fact that you said there's like a 126 variables that go into yeah coming on hitting the flags is are there any that carry more weight than the others and you don't have to go into all of them yeah but like you know a lot of people rely on speed figures a lot of people rely on pace a lot of people rely on um, mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. it in your mind when you said okay let's put all these variables together and when push comes to shove what's the most important and that's a that's a really great question because anybody who's done a lot of data, uh, there's an old joke. And it's not a joke. It's actually a, a Mark Twain quote. You know, there's statistics, damn statistics, and lies. That's what they are, right? You know, so and so you can take the data and I can manipulate it in any way I want, which is where the if there is a secret sauce comes into is that the model is constantly being tweaked by me, where. You know, okay. where so I take all of those elements and I say, okay, I'm gonna they and they do have different weights. And I'll, I'll give you a couple specific that I that I particularly pay attention to currently. But what you learn what I've learned, and eventually I'm gonna throw some artificial intelligence at this and get it out of TK's brain and actually have in artificial intelligence figure out the long-term weighting of these things. Okay. That's a project for 2021. Um, you know, so but you know what I would uh, uh, what I do is and what I learn is uh, I've learned sort of over the last couple of years is, is that as you build this model, th- what's important is actually different from track to track. So one of the things that has really come into the fold this year, and because of COVID and the shutdowns and all the weird stuff, I was playing tracks that I would have never touched, like Will Rogers and Bonner Park. Bonner Park. I and just so you know, I hit I hit the two biggest tickets uh, that both of them had for the year that you know weren't single payouts. I hit both of them at the one at Bonner Park and at Will Rogers. And what happened was, and what where my model really showed up really quickly was. I could quickly see what was going to matter the most at those tracks. And for example, when, and I looked back, you know, at some of this and for, and so give you a couple elements for, for listeners to think about that are heavy weights on mine. One part of my system is plussing and minusing horses who had good or bad trips last time or the last two or three times, you know, whatever, whatever okay. the case may be, though has had a bad trip. Um, I have a system. All I do is I'm watching as I watch a race, I can actually hit just the plus or minus sign. And if I hit the plus twice, it's a, Oh, it had a really bad trip, but ran well. And it'll plus it up twice. 
So that's how I could do it. So I can, I can quickly, and the same thing with a, a, a double minus. I could do a single or a double minus where you had a horse that had a beautiful trip, run second. And uh, you, if you just look at the form and say, wow, it ran second, but you're like, it had the most perfect trip in the whole world and it ran second. That's a, that gets an instant minus in my system. So that, that's probably the biggest thing, which is, you know, one element. And if somebody wants to take this, not everybody wants to build or even can build a software and a database system to do what I'm talking about. But what you can do is watch races. The more races you watch and the more you track, the better handicapper you're going to be. I, I, I can't give – that's where you're going to find value. You're not all, you're almost never, I, because there's too much, there's too much to analyze. Otherwise there's too much visible to everyone else. If you're not watching a lot of races and have your own system, sophisticated or not, of finding those value horses that just got a bad trip last time or broke slightly slow at the gate, but it's not even in the notes. Those are the ones where you make a note of it. It shows up, you put it in your in whatever system you track things, and that's how you get that six to one home when nobody gave it any 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 credence at all. There was a race at Gulfstream Park, uh, I wanna say, and we hit a we had a twenty thousand dollar pick five. I had a twenty thousand dollar pick five on this on this, but it opened up. And I had two horses singled in like a 10-horse field. This was about three or four months ago. But I, I had two horses singled that were like six to one and eight to one. And those were my two singles in race, you know, or the two, the only two horses I bet in right. race one. I didn't single them, but I only had two. I'd left all the, and it was like a, a even money favored and a five to two in there. And, you know, I had like the fourth and the fifth choices as my only two horses. Why? Because they both had God awful trips in different races in the race before. Yeah. And I just left off and, you know, nobody seemed to comment on it. You know, that's the other thing is, is, is that you got to understand that most people, there's only a handful of people really committed to this who are really studying and doing the homework. Most people, it could be a somewhat passing fancy. They're going to listen to whoever the handicappers are and that's going to sway them or they're going to read something or they have something in the program that they look for and that's how they bet, right? right. That's great. Um, I'm looking for that possibility to to hit that $20,000 pick five, right? And oh, by the way, in that Gulfstream Park, those two horses ran one, two. <laughs> you know, so um, that's an example where, and it was obvious to me, you know, and I actually posted that exact, I remember, I posted that exact race in, in social media uh, on Twitter, and I had somebody say, how the hell did you have those two horses as the only two horses? And I said, because all I did was watch their last race. I, I wrote right back to the person. I yeah. said, did you not watch their last races? It was obvious that they were better than what they ran, and, then, and it wasn't in the notes. So I'm actually even looking for in the notes where they leave out the story. You know, whatever the trip notes are, you know, in, in, if you watch Brisnet or DRF or whatever it is that you're going to look at, you know, when you look and you don't see any mention that it was a bad trip, at all that's like manna from heaven to me <laughs> that's like somebody just dropped gold in front of me huh. and but now i've got i got quote unquote insider info without having insider info yeah definitely you know so so that's that's the thing the other thing i'll jump into because i'm a pick five guy we've, we've established that so how do you think about pick five 
TJ. This has actually changed for me in the last year. Um, I actually did a webinar about how I handicap pick fives. If I go back and watch it now, I'd say, well, don't listen to that anymore because that was stupid. Um, you know, because it's, it's really changed for me in the last 12 months. It's a three-step process that I go through. The first thing I do is my system that I've talked about, but you could do it by hand. It doesn't matter. Spits out anyone that mathematically, quote unquote, has a chance to win. And what that, what that means in my system is, is that it, it, anybody that has a six to one or better in TK odds, I, it's like it comes out as six to one or better. I put them on a list that says, hey, they got a chance to win. Anybody that's six to one. And I just put them, I just quickly write down the numbers very quickly in the five race sequence. That's the first thing I do. The next thing I do, um, and so that takes minutes because I have a system that just kicks it out. The next thing I do is, is that I go back and I look at those numbers and say, okay, in any of those numbers, is there something weirdly out of whack? For example, did my system just kick out and say that there are eight horses that are six to one or better? Which it sometimes does because it creates virtual odds not only on the race but on the horse itself. Mm -hmm. So it's not trying to be a morning lines odds picker. It's trying to create real legitimate odds of the horse winning that particular race. Um, so it's not unusual that you might have more than four horses or five or horses that are better than six to one, in, in, depending on the field. So I look at that and say, okay, well, is there anything weird in there? And why did it come back weird? And then I, so I look a level deeper. So phase two is I'm taking that and I'm looking for, of all of the races, which horse in any of the races has the very best chance to win that particular race that they're in? So that's where the true handicapping starts to look at. Because then I'll look and say, well, my system spit out four, but it really likes somebody who's, who's like even money in, in one of them, and the other three are closer to that six to one. Hmm, it really likes that horse. So, then I, so that's, that's step two. Because what I'm looking for in step two is, how am I going to start to narrow the 50 horses that I have got here down to a much smaller number because you can't, you know, you can't be a, you know, you can't be doing that. Nobody, I don't care what your bankroll is. You shouldn't be playing 50 horses, you know, five by five by five by five by five or whatever, you know, that's just stupidity. At the well, end yeah. The you're praying for prices. At that. Right. You're paying for prices, you know, you know, let's see how we can narrow it. So then I, then I look and say, okay, so that's step two, and I'm trying to narrow it. I don't necessarily, what I used to try to do, and I used to say is, if I can't find a single, I'm not playing. I don't, I don't stick by that rule anymore. And why, what I learned was that, is, is that I was winning a lot of, I was hitting a lot of legs with eight to 10 to 12 to ones, and some three to two shot beats you know, the even money favorite. And because I had the even money favorite or whatever, or, or my single gets whacked by some 20 to one. So what I'm not necessarily trying to get down to a single single, although that would be wonderful. Um, what I'm trying to do in that phase two is who truly is the best shot of winning? Ignore odds altogether. I'm just trying to find the one horse of all of them, because that's my safety single, as I call it. 
It's because if I'm, I'm just going to go with it. And then the last phase that I do is construction of the ticket. And that's probably the most important phase of all of this is I'm trying – the crazy thing about horizontals is you're not playing – even though it's, it's all paramutual, you're playing against everybody else trying to find the one thing in that one sequence that they're not going to have, that six to eight to one that they're not going to have. Right. Now, I may not single that six to eight to one, but I may feel really good about that one, and I'm going to play. And that's the one that things are going to all canter around. And I, and so, so that last phase, I am trying to get to a race where I have no more than two horses somewhere. No more than two. Ideally, I have two races where I have no more than two. And then I'm looking for something that could win that's morning line odds 20 to one. And I'm going to throw it in that race. You know, that other right. race where I might have five or six horses in a, in, a, in a race. Or I might buy a race if my statistics say, we have no idea who the hell is going to win this. It's, they're all about the same. Throw a blanket over them. Great, I'll just buy the race. The other thing that's a rule of mine, uh, and I've changed over the last couple of years, is, is that, and this is an important thing on ticket construction, is uh, understand how many horses are in a particular race. It's very difficult, very difficult for you, for any handicapper to be successful long-term if you're buying, if, there are, if it's a seven-horse field and you're, you're picking four of them on a horizontal play. I'm not saying I never do that, but I, what I'm saying is, is that if you consistently do that, you're probably not going to win because more than likely – those four horses in a seven-horse field, um, you're spending so much multiple on that where if you cut it down to two, do some handicapping, figure out which two you really like, you're going to be able to go wider somewhere else where you may catch that price that's going to pay for that bigger ticket. Because the, 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 the horizontal game is all about the multiple, right? It's, you know, I got five times four times two times two times one. Well, that's, that's going to be a, a, a very different ticket than if you're four times four times four times four times four. You know, it's, it's just the math eats you alive. And, you, and what happens, going back to that four out of seven, why that, that you can't do that, why it's really a bad idea, is, is that more than likely, if you don't put your handicapping hat on, statistically, those are the four horses that are going to get covered by most of the people anyway. It's some combination of everyone in the audience, right. they're, they're on those four of seven as well. Yep. So, so you're not eliminating any of the crowd to help you get that payoff. So save your money, get yourself down to two, and instead take a couple of those horses in a race where you were less certain and, you know, and, 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 and pick a couple of the horses up that are just outside the fringe, especially going back to the metrics, especially in turf races. Why? Because in turf races, almost anybody can win. So statistically, there are more horses that are double-digit odds that win in turf races than on dirt races. That's the statistics. That's what the statistics say. And in, in um, turf races, uh, you see, like, if there's 10 horses in a turf race, the top eight are within two lengths of the winner. 
That's exactly how, right. How it's often a, do you see that in a dirt race? You, you, you just don't, unless I own the horse that finishes seventh, <laughs> that doesn't happen on a dirt race. That's, that's, uh, that's what, that's the right. facts. So, well, all right. So, um, let's segue into trying to have you, um, help us get us pick six. Yeah. Mandatory payout. And, uh, if, if Eric is still with us, we'll send it back to Eric to, to start us off with the late six at Belmont, which carries a mandatory payoff. And that's why we're, we're going to go for it. So Eric, it's all yours. Thank you. Q. Yeah. If it's not a mandatory pick six, don't play these, uh, don't play these uh, rainbow slash jackpot bets. It's crazy amount of takeout, but some people don't even like to play the mandatory power because they feel it's just wrong, but uh, I like taking people's money if I can. So we're going to try and do that. Uh, we're going to go relatively quickly because we are under some time constraints here. Uh, so we're going to start with race six on Saturday. It's a maiden special weight. Six furlongs on the dirt at Belmont. And I'll start this one because there is a horse I like here. However, uh, there's so many first-time starters, and that's not my specialty. So I'm hoping that uh, GQ and TK can carry the load a little here. But the horse that did run uh, was a three-horse, Newcomb. And he's the only horse with experience in the field. And his race was legit. He uh, dueled up front or was pushed by a uh, two-to-one shot who ended up fading to fourth uh, behind him. Uh, pace was very fast. I don't look at times necessarily because the track can be faster or not one day. But he was pushed hard by a good horse. Um, he faded, but that's expected. Uh, closers did well that race. I, I think he ran a dynamite race. This race, personally, I'm going very short. He's eight to five more than I'm not giving you anything crazy. Uh, but I'm going with Newcomb and unless or New Bomb, I'm sorry. And unless <laughs> there's a workout report on someone who's like spectacular, uh, I, I'm, I'm most likely singling this race. Uh, TK, you're the guest. We'll throw it to you next. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting. So going back to what I talked about earlier. You have to look at the in my in the way my, I work at it is I actually have to look at the whole sequence, right? And so I'm I'm short on a couple other races, so I'm actually doing the opposite of Eric here because I'm hoping I could catch something here because it is a first time starter um, situation. So um, you know, there's a couple there's a couple horses in here, and once again, I. I, I I think you guys have talked about it. I don't pay much attention to workouts um, except unless they're consistent, except that they're consistently happening or I see them with my own eyeballs um, because uh, workouts are almost always, you know, as close to BS as you could possibly get um, or at least not trustworthy from a handicapping standpoint. Um, so I went the opposite of Eric. Not that Eric I honestly isn't right because the one thing I will tell you from my system and my own experience is a horse that ran well as from a first time starter, the jump from first time starter to second time starter with a quality horse is a, maybe one of the biggest improvement areas possible in racing. Um, it literally may be one of the biggest possible jumps that you'll see happen from a performance standpoint. So I don't think you can leave new bomb out, but I also, um, I also threw in a couple other horses, uh, and, and I don't have any inside knowledge. I want to make sure everybody understands that. I, I don't know anything about any of these horses from a, like I talked to the trainer standpoint, or sometimes I do that 
of the guys on the phone know I do that sometimes, um, where I'll actually make a phone call and, and ask if somebody actually knows something about a horse. But I, I didn't do that in this case. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in uh, the, the one enough sense, uh, enough nonsense as well um, with New Bomb in this race. Um, I'm also uh, going to uh, go way on the outside and also take the Chad Brown risk-taking. I know uh, this is a uh, dirt race, and how can Chad Brown ever win a dirt race? I get that. Um, I, I look at this uh, as a possibility to, uh, to actually catch a chance here um, on, on something with IRAD uh, on, on top here uh, riding. So, so I'm, I'm probably going three wide here unless I learn something between now and, the, and uh, Saturday. But uh, that's, that's kind of how I'm attacking this race. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Newbom wins for the exact reason that Eric talked about, but I wouldn't, I'm, I'm trying to catch something that, that just might happen here. Well, I, I will say, Chad sometimes gets a, a bad uh, rap. He is, I looked this up, over the last five years uh, on the Naira circuit, 22% with first-time starters sprinting on the dirt, 22%. So he, he's yep. fine with that. Uh, I just have a trouble personally uh, if I'm going to use an even money shot, I'm a little afraid to go too deep here uh, or more than one yep. or two or three deep is not that deep. Um, and, and the other thing that I'm worried about new bomb, we see so many first time starters run really big and if they run too big, they kind of, I don't know, bounce or they just don't run to their yep. uh, race the next time. And that's something I'm afraid of. But the fact that I thought he ran much better than it even looks on paper. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm kind of heavy on him. GQ, you want to wrap up the race here? Yeah. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to take a stand against Chad. Um, not only dirt, but right or wrong, look where the horse worked out most of the time at Mama. <laughs> I'm going to stand saying that's a second stringer at Monmouth yep. for Chad. Yep. Chad doesn't show up at all his horses at Monmouth when uh that horse should have been at Saratoga if it was worth a saw. Okay. Now the horse 240,000 in small potatoes, but you know, Clarovich probably his top client. It's hard. It's hard to knock the horse. You're not going to get a price on the horse. Um, but I'll take the risk of, uh, tearing up my pick six ticket. I'll leave, leave him out. I'll use four others. I'll go with the the one because it's Redham, Doug O'Neill, uh, the three horse, New Bomb, second time starter, uh, the five overtook, who cost the six overtook is one six. million dollars, and uh, the seven horse, uh, James Jerkins, only uh, starter, um, and uh, I just like the workout pattern, so I'll go four deep, one three. Six seven there. All Moving right. on to the seventh race. More first time starters on the turf. So TK might like this a little better. So TK, you start us off with the seventh race. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, and now I'm going the opposite here that I did last time. You know, um, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking a horse here who ran and uh, 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 I, I think had. Uh, more trouble than what it says it it did, and I'm gonna be singling here the four horse, the Godolphin horse that Bill Mott's got, and um, uh, I, I I'd be very surprised if this horse doesn't win. Um, is my that's my that's my lock here on a two year. 
documented. Document the <laughs> document the lock on the on the two year old race here. Okay. Um, with the only caveat that I will say, because I, I I didn't bother looking at a weather forecast on this, if it comes off, um, I'm going to look at the other Bill Mod horse that's going to MTO in. Okay. Um, just 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 so we're on the same page. So, if, so you're uh, single Mod. I'm singling, basically I'm singling Mott one way or the other. It'll just depend on which horse it is. Sounds good. Eric? Four looks good. I mean, he, uh, like TJ said, his first race, first of all, uh, speed held in that race and he had a close. He really was the only one to make him ground in the stretch, which I like to see. Uh, my only fear of singling a closer is, and maybe he show more speed, but I'm assuming he, he's still going to close. My only fear is you need a trip, you need a setup. So I'm not saying never single a closer, and obviously TK is successful, and I've done it too, uh, but I'm a little reluctant to single a closer. I'd rather single race six only because at least I have a speed horse that can make his own trip. But Hardison definitely looks good. Again, this is a race, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of pedigree research and stuff like that, but this is not my, uh, my specialty. A few of the horses, I'll go quickly. A few of the horses I looked at, the three stand with Mo, has a lot of siblings who have run well on the turf. There's a horse, Sea Queen, you might have heard of. Uh, who was a stakes winner on the turf and also won first out, and that's a sibling. So I think the three is probably a runner. Clemence, other horse, the five, uh, Big Everest, two siblings who raced in Europe. The mom was 0 for 4. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, the one who raced in New York in, in the U.S. was 0 for 4, the one sib. But the other two sibs raced in Europe. I don't have any stats on them. Uh, the mom, though, was stakes placed on the turf. So perhaps some, uh, some breeding there. Uh, and Galileo's... Uh, Sire line there is uh, strong on turf. Blue Grotto, the eight, is one that I'm actually interested in just, again, because it'll be a little bit of price, just looking at um, pedigree. This horse is a full to Aldwood Lane race recently. A uh, good turf horse, won some ungraded stakes race. Has another Sibyl one first out, all being on the dirt. So pedigree is pretty good. And even though Kimmel's 0 for 9 with first-time starters going long on the turf that are two-year-olds over the last few years, um, he's not only having a, a solid meet, he's really been pretty solid recently. Uh, I used to be a big Kimmel fan in the nineties. Um, <laughs> when he had Mig, Kimmel and Mig was like what I grew up on. Kimmel and Mig, you bet. But, uh, it's, <laughs> it's been a while since he's been that good, but, uh, I think that horse has a little bit of a shot. And, uh, the 12 horse is interesting. Um, only because they paid 330 K for him. And he really doesn't have much breeding on the mom side that I know of. Uh, the mom was uh, first of all of a, a, a runner who was 0 for 1, the mayor. Maybe she's very well bred, but I don't know about. Kind of curious they paid 330K for her. Not sure I'm going to use that horse. I also really going to wait for the workout reports, but I definitely like the four uh, that TK likes. And I'm leaning towards a 358 as of now, throwing in uh, possibly the 12. But like I said, if someone has workout reports, I'll, I'll probably use them. And workout reports like DRF, uh, Racing with Bruno, all those guys have put out workout reports. It's not just based on time. They actually watch them and write, and you hope you can trust them. They're trying to sell a product, so they want to do well. So I, I would think they're trustworthy. Uh, and it worked pretty well at Saratoga for the most part. So that's where I am this race. I'm probably a little spready, if that's a word. I made one up. This race, uh, GQ? Yeah. Um, what I'll do is, uh, again, I'm going to go four deep, so I'm going to have to, uh, you know, later on get a little, little slimmer on my picks, but uh, uh, just just basically uh, a, a trainer, you know, you look at the trainer stats first time per for just how they do. I'm going to go with the two hard glove, Jonathan Thomas. There's my favorite turf owners, Augustine Stable. 
Got to <laughs> got to stick with them since TK's got a lock. My only thought process, and maybe it's the Mott doesn't win with first timers angle, is why did the horse go off at uh, twenty six to one first time out if he was all that? You know, yeah. That's my only concern, but TK's got a lock on it. <laughs> I'm not going to have him beat me. Um, you know, Judmont, Flintshire. I remember Flintshire running. I don't know if this is his first crop or or not, but outstanding um, turf horse. Chad Brown. Not telling anything because you, you don't know. And finally, I'll uh, also throw in the. Um, no, that's it. The seven. So, oh, I'm sorry. The five. I went with the five, the, uh, the other uh, Clement, because his, his go-to rider, Joel, is on. So uh, that's, that's where I'm going, right there. All right, so we'll move on. And, and you know, you might want to listen to these guys more than me in these baby races. I'm not uh, – definitely not my specialty. But it wasn't – it was talking to TK before we came on. If it wasn't a mandatory pad, I probably wouldn't play it. But because it is, I, I will. Uh, we move on to race eight. Finally, some horses who raced before uh, where I can have some <laughs> opinions here. Uh, the Flower Bowl, grade one. It's a mile and a quarter on the inner turf. For those not familiar with Belmont, I think most of our listeners probably are, but for those not familiar, generally speaking, the inner turf, they say, is a little more friendly to speed with the tighter turns, where the widener is a little more fair slash uh, friendly to uh, closers. I wouldn't really worry about it too much, um, you know, where they are in the race as far as uh, the inner turf here. They got a lot. They have a lot of time to the turn, so it's not like the turn comes up right away. Those mile and an eighth races on the inner turf, uh, where they almost um, start right on the turn just about. Those can be really uh, difficult if you have an outside post. For this one, I wouldn't worry too much. Um, I'll save my opinion uh, for later. So, TK, why don't we start with you as a guest? Uh, who would you like to talk about here? Yeah, you know, this is an interesting one because you got to look at trip. Uh, you know, this is where something got flagged for me on a, on a trip. And it's, and it's where, you, where you're trying to find value. Uh, compared to what somebody, you know, like the quote unquote, whatever the average handicapper is out there trying to put a ticket together. Because if you look at the, 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 the two and the three horses, um, you know, so you're talking my sister, Nat, uh, one of the two Chad Browns in this race and, and civil union, those two horses faced off against each other with the civil union winning. But, uh, but I actually thought that, the two horse, my sister Nat, actually ran a slightly better race um, and only lost by a length. So um, it's one of those ones where I'd say, huh, um, there might, the average person's going to look at it and say, well, let's take the horse. That horse beat that horse last time, so I'm going to take the horse that beats everybody, be, beat him last time. That's one of those situations where I look and say, hmm, I think I got a possibility to get value, quote, a little bit more value here. Um, by by then then the average person might be who might be looking at this race um so for to me uh this is going to be uh as from a from a betting standpoint this is going to be one two uh chad brown i'm I'm going i've got chad brown uh as one and two i'm going to take the one and the two horse here and uh assume chad brown's getting one of those home and uh but i actually if you put a gun to my head i would i would take the two that's where, yeah, and, and I'm going to agree with TK, and I'm going to use my single with the two, mainly because uh, Cambier Park went off at four or five 
and cost me um, the pick five <laughs> on the Queen's plate because I sent that day. You know what's funny? I spoke to Chad Brown GQ, and Chad Brown told me that he had a lock in a grade <laughs> two race, but GQ bet the horse and cost me a grade two win. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not doubt that story uh, whatsoever. So, uh, yeah. Um, what are you going to do? So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll just make it short and sweet. I like the two. And, and why I'm, I'm going to go out and single is uh, let, let the one horse, you know, do it to me again. But uh, actually, probably the best horse that I, I kind of like, but he hasn't won in six tries on the Belmont turf, is uh, the five, Bo Bell. Um, as far as Brisnet goes for that distance, uh, he's the best. But if you want to talk about, you know, we've been talking about these first-timers that uh, are six and seven figures. How would you like to have pulled out the $5,000 TK to buy number seven? <laughs> Luck, lovely Lucky at, at the Keeneland uh, three yeah. years ago. And wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish I wish that was the one I had pulled out and spent $5,000 on. Well, That's well, what I would say. The stupid thing is, I mean, here are the horses – Ran in a grade two, is yeah. now going to run in a grade one, and not even five months ago was 70 to one in a maiden special. Right, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Who knows with horse racing? So, yeah, there's my single, the two. Uh, so let's move on to the nine. Oh, wait, uh, do I get to say my single? Oh, yeah, oh, he, yeah, oh, come oh, on, we got it. All right. I'm come sorry. On, I'm hitting it like 98% of my singles, 2% <laughs> on my own picks, but. Um, all right, well, GQ is going to be out after this race, so I don't know if he still wants to stay with us, but you're more than welcome to hang on. Um, I want to go back to something TK said uh, about the two and the three running together, my sister Nat and the three Civil Union. They ran together, and Civil Union got a perfect trip that day, saved ground, I couldn't get a better trip. My sister Nat, as you mentioned, had trouble. Slow start, slightly slow start. Actually, it was pretty slow. Pinched the start, lost a couple lengths. Did save ground. It was also a slow pace. Slight altered in the stretch. So definitely had trouble. So I don't disagree with TK that the two probably ran slightly better, if, I don't know, even more than slightly better than the three. Ironically, I actually would prefer the three over the two, despite that, only because I think the three is still an improving horse, where I don't know if I see that in the two. Um, I'm a little partial to Civil Union also because of the fact that this is a horse I've liked for a long time now. I singled him at uh, Belmont in, I think, June 21. The, no, it might have been the other one when he was 9-2. to two. I don't know if I hit the bet, to be honest, but I know I singled him there and he came through. So this is a horse I actually really like, Civil Union. I just think he's on the upswing, but I do agree my sister and that probably ran a better race. But I'm not going to use either of them. I'm going to single another horse here, uh, but I would use the three as my second horse if I had to go too deep. And that's Cambia Park, who uh, GQ has uh, nightmares about. And I'm not giving you a crazy price here, five to two, probably go off the favorite. Might might end up being second or third choice just because uh, speed yeah. figures don't look too imposing here. Got an 87 buyer. I don't know the Brisnet figure, but that's kind of low for this level. Horse was off a long layoff, which I know is Chad Brown. 11-month layoff shouldn't matter that much. Yeah, it wasn't the toughest grade two race in the world, but they weren't chumps up there. Um, and then you talk about tricks. That was a yeah. race that was dominated by closing, or at least a big advantage. The horse that won was 20-something to one who came from well back. Uh, I want to say the third-place horse also closed from the clouds. This horse chased um, an eight-to-one shot through pretty fast fractions, came in seventh, that uh, eight-to-one shot. 
and a five to one shot was right there with them, faded to eight. So the other two speeds faded to last and second to last. I love when a horse chases or duels and the other horses fade, unless they're like the huge long shots who can't, but these were like horses with legitimate shots. So I thought that race was terrific coming off the layoff as well. I like that he has some speed or she has some speed can make her own trip. I love those kind of horses. So that's going to be my single. If I went with the second horse would be civil union, but I'm all over Camden park. Uh, I guess we can walk. The only other horse, I just want to mention the six because uh, it's one of the shorter prizes. The only horse we haven't mentioned that's a short price here. I don't know what to do with this horse uh, because the horse is coming off like a really like a perfect trip, but just won so easily. Put up a big speed figure against much weaker. I, I don't know. Like if, if she comes back and runs a, even a little better than 96 buyers she got, she definitely could win this race. But I'm hoping that the class wise, well, she did win a, a grade two, so I shouldn't say the class against her, but I'm just hoping that she ran well against a little weaker last time and she doesn't come back. Did that horse TK or, or even GQ, did that scare you at all the six or not really on your radar? Uh, it was on my radar, and the reason um, that I left it off is because I thought uh, – I actually thought that the – first of all, that I think the all-along stakes that it went to, they used that as a prep race uh, to get to the race, candidly. There was a little bit of a break, and I think they, they're, they're looking to – they were looking to uh, – they, they were using that all-along race, which was a really soft field in the grand scheme of things as a prep race. Um, so, um, and if you watch that race, uh, the horse, there was, somebody would have had to tackle that horse for that horse not to win that race is at the end of the day. And, uh, um, so I wasn't too scared because I, I actually, I, uh, because I was the math in my system played out that the one and two, uh, were just significantly better. Um, uh, uh, so it comes, I'll tell people, the, the horse comes out as eight to one. The, the, the six horse, Nay wow. Lady Nay, comes out as a, uh, a pretty long shot here um, uh, from it. And it looks like um, it has something to do with the second. It's actually going to penalize it because it's the second race off in a short, after a little bit of a layoff. Um, so it, it, it actually penalized it a little bit for it from it from the from the, what the metrics look like to me. So that's my only take on that on that race with that horse. All right, it makes me feel better because that's a horse I am afraid of. Uh, I would actually prefer that over the two personally, but uh, I'm going to single the one there, uh, Cambier Park, and hopefully do what GQ couldn't and get him get her in the winner circle. All right, let's move on to the Jockey Club Gold Cup, uh, Grade One race. We'll see for how much longer because every year the race gets uh, lowered in purse and lowered in horses ability that run in it but uh small field small but proud field of five in this one including my uh horse crush mystic guide um <laughs> maybe i don't know if i should go first because gq is going to cut me off and i think yeah, I, I, go first. No, I, I, I was, was going to give you the intro right. of your man crush on mystic guide but go, go all right. ahead all right i was gonna let tk speak only because i know he mentioned the horse here um yeah. this race i, I I don't know. Last race, I had pretty strong feeling. This race, I don't. Tacitus is probably just the best horse here. Um, and I've always liked Tacitus. I lost with Tacitus plenty of times, came in second. I uh, got lucky in the Derby because I keyed Tacitus, and he got uh, moved up to third, which really helped me a lot the Derby, uh, having the, the top four action in that race. But um, probably better. 0 for 6 in grade ones, though. Often finds trouble. I don't I, – I just – I probably should single Tacitus, but I'm just afraid to just use Tacitus. 
I assume he's not facing anything like he faced last time with Global Campaign, although that was the only really, you know, tough, tough horse he faced. I thought prioritized around a really good race last time because the pace was not that fast, uh, closed pretty well. But spinoff was also in the race at back to one, also closed similarly. So I don't know how impressive that close from prioritized was. Name changer, I so wanted to pick this horse because I really liked his last race in the grade three Salvatore Mile. It was off a little bit of a layoff. He was four and even five wide. Um, I, I thought he ran very well uh, in that race, but I just, the, the class jump here is too much for me. But I would not doubt Name Changer runs well here and get second or third. So if you're a vertical better, I, I would not leave Name Changer off of your ticket there. Happy Saver, you guys will tell me more about him. I'll, I'll, I said I won't talk much. So I'll save my thoughts on Happy Saver. I, I don't have many. I, I'm going against Happy Saver here. Uh, and I'm going to just use Tassist and Mystic Guide. Um, I hope it's not just heart, because when you put your heart into it, it, it kind of throws things off and messes you up. But I, I've just been a fan of Mystic Guide for a while now, ever since he ran against Tappet to win uh, in that allowance race on June 4th. My hope is that he's getting better. They put the blinkers on, had a two overall good trip. It was like two wide the whole way last time. It wasn't anything special. You know, he was winning Jim Dandy. If anything, I thought it helped closers, and he kind of came off. So I didn't necessarily love his race, but... I thought it was a little better than the Peter Pan, which was a little better than the race before that. So the horse is definitely getting better. Second time blinkers, which I don't care that much about, but GQ, I'll seal his line there. I just think if the horse improves a little more, I think it has a lot of upside here. So I'm going to go with Mystic Guide and Tacitus. Probably should single Tacitus. I'll pass along. We'll go to uh, TK next. Well, I have been on Tacitus uh, for so long. I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've probably had marriages that were shorter than I've liked Tacitus. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just one of those things uh, you, you can't, I can't get off of it. And especially when you look at this race, it is an extremely um, soft grade one um, for sure. And uh I'm just going to single Tacitus and I'm going to, I'm going to move on. I think he's the class of this race. And yes, he is like a heat seeking missile for trouble. He does figure out some way to come up short, which I have no idea half the time how he does it. Um, but I, I just can't, I couldn't go anywhere else. The numbers look so ominous that he's the best horse. Um, I'm, I'm just singling and I'm moving on with Tacitus is really what it comes down to. I certainly can't blame you TK, even though, um, he's broken so many hearts along the way. That's why. That's why he'll probably. You know, what is this morning line? I'm sorry, I didn't get the even money. Even yeah, money. Yeah. Um, my biggest question. I know Eric doesn't care about this. Is who's going to go to lead? Maybe Tacitus. Certainly not Mystic Guide. Um, not prioritize. Um. The horse that might inherit or go to the lead is Happy Saver. Um, he's the one who has the second best prime power, which is still six points lower than Tacitus. Uh, uh, not the uh, Tessio was this year. No. Uh, Monday morning quarterback, I think, came back last weekend and didn't do anything. Ran, ran on that turf race and didn't do anything, yeah. Okay. Today in Keeneland's first race, the horse that ran fourth, Mexican Wonder Boy, went off as the favorite against five others and lost in a photo for the win in a $40,000 claiming race. 
Um, the numbers are there, but yeah, gosh, uh, ta you know, Tacitus might be the one. I would probably just use Happy Saber for the sake of thinking that if Tacitus lets him go and, and walk through first, you know, couple fractions, he might have enough to, to do it. I doubt it, but single Tacitus is uh, difficult. So I'll, gosh, I'll go one, four, and which would make Eric happy because I'm tossing out my favorite angle, second time blinkers. But as Tommy Massis, who was one of our guests, would say, you're an idiot, GQ. It's the first time he's facing older horses. What does the horse know? Well, you know what? If I get on the court or if I'm 10 years old and I get on a basketball court, I'm a hot shot against my, my friends for 10. And then I go down the schoolyard with my older brother. You know what? I'm not that much of a hot shot when I'm, when I'm going up against guys. So that's why I'll stick to my guns and say the water gets a little deeper for Mystic Guide. I'm not, you know, and he really needs to step up as far as his presidents go. But so that for that reason, I I'll go one four here as we move on to the tenth race, a one mile turf event, grade two, Sands Point, and um, I don't I don't know where we should go here. Um, I'll defer to TK to start it off. <laughs> <laughs> way, to, way, to send, way to send over the two-year-old state-bred, God knows what you're going to do with this race, race, uh, to well, me to start. Here you go. I, I'll, I'll put it out there. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go you, use the 5-3. Five, 5-3. Three. Five, three. Uh, and if, if you need reasons later, I'll, I'll put it out there. Yeah, so I'll tell you what I did in this race. Um, I was I was tempted to just buy the race, uh, honestly. Um, if you when you look at two year old races, one of the things okay, that, I think we're that, on. Uh, I think you uh, skipped the race there. You had me worried. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. We're on. We're on. Oh, it, I, I'm sorry. That is that is. I got I got all excited about the eleventh race because. I, was, I got something on the inside on that one. So, uh -oh. Uh, uh, oh, but um, but uh, I'll go back to the tenth race because I got excited there. I'm actually um, this is a race that actually uh, now that I'm looking at my notes, this one's uh, uh, a race that I found really interesting, uh, and maybe not interesting from a perspective of of uh, you're going to get some wacky price that's going to get home. Just interesting when you whenever you have to look at horses that are non-U.S. based. Who are coming into the run to, in the U.S. It it makes it for interesting handicapping, right? It's because just because the statistics are different, the way you look at things are different, um, uh, how they race is different. Uh, surface plays such a, a greater role in non-U.S. Uh, you know, sort of turf races. Uh, these are all things that are very interesting when you start to look at the the one there, uh, which is the horse we're talking about. So. Um, Anyway, uh, with all that preamble out of the way, uh, what, what, I, what I wound up doing is, and it's going to be no massive surprise uh, here probably, um, is, is that I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with two horses, one of which you're going to probably get a price on and is probably not a horse that you would, is Miss J. McKay. Um, the Cal Lynch horse is coming in. Um, 
uh, and uh, is is one of the horses that I'm going to go with here. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they decided to ship to this race. Um, uh, I, I, it's, it's probably not the race that I was expecting them to go to next. So, um, which tells me, I think they, they think they've got something here and then I'm going to take the international shipper too, uh, because, uh, I didn't want to leave it off. So, um, so for, for me, uh, I've got a, I've got a one five here. All right. I'll, I'll pick it up from there. Um, yeah, the international horse Tamahir, the one, if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, watch his last race, kind of sat just off the pace, kind of an even race. You know, some of the speeds faded, some hung around. Uh, he just won easily. Uh, or she, I just don't know who she's beating over there. Obviously, it's Chad Brown. Yeah. I'm going to wait for the workout reports there, too. I feel bad telling our listeners that. But if the workout reports come back strong, I'm going to be very short in this race using the one. The two is a horse I've had before. I actually had her when she won at 9-2, to two, two back. I think she was like an 8 or 10-1 to one morning line that day in the Lake Placid. Uh, and ended up going off at uh, at nine to two. So uh, liked her that day. She had the perfect trip, and then she came back and had another really perfect trip. I thought she was a little ranked early, but she saved all the ground, which overcomes a lot of other trouble when you're running a lot less distance. So I, I, I'm not a fan of the two at three to one here. It's a horse I liked before, but I can't. I, she can win, but that's too short for me. Selflessly, I thought this horse had a really really. Good trip last time. Had to wait a little bit on the turn. So if you watch the replay on the second turn, she has to wait a little bit before she make a move. But again, just save every inch of ground. And that makes up and more so than anything else. So I thought her race is not as good as it looks. The only thing is with selflessly, selflessly, as I said it correctly, is it was second off a layoff and it was actually off of a little layoff. So she's lightly raced and very likely could improve. But I feel that she has to improve significantly to win this, where most people are going to look at the speed figures and go, oh, she's good enough already to win it. So I'm not taking two to one on a horse that I think has to improve a lot, which maybe will. Two and three could win, but I'm not with them. The four is a horse I gotta stick with, even even though she's probably over her head. Uh, this is a horse I just like a lot and think highly of, and I want a price somewhere too. Uh, Giacosa, I love to race um, a few back, July 16th. I thought she was by far the best horse in the race. Uh, I don't know if you remember that was one of our first uh, podcasts and. I believe I singled her that day or, or used two horses and she was 29 to one and uh, she couldn't close. It was a glacial pace. She was the only one who made up ground. I was so impressed. So I singled her, singled her next time uh, and she won, but I got no price on it, but at least I got a single home. I know that's a state bred allowance race. I know this is a jump to a grade two. The waters are tons deeper here. I think she's still improving. I think she can actually do something here. And maybe I'm way off, but I'm taking a shot with Jacosa. Miss J. McKay, uh, TK talked about uh, already. Uh, horse ran well last time. I know, pretty wide trip. Uh, you know, did pretty well. I guess the question is going to be the, uh, the distance. Earned, uh, I think, the top speed figure, or at least buyer speed figure in the field. If she can run the distance, she definitely has a shot here. Um, I'm, I'm yeah, and, and Eric, that's a, that's a race too. If you watch the gallop out there, yeah. she was a, she was a horse that still had a lot in the tank, um, right. as well. So, yeah, the first time I watched it, I, I, you know, so much more about this than me. The first thing I, I thought she was getting a little tired late. I, I thought like just watching her motion, but I'm not great at that. It just looked like she was getting tired, but then she was actually gaining on the winner late and I didn't watch the full gallop out. I'm not a huge gallop out fan, but I understand a lot of people. Uh, uh, like it, and that's a good sign. Can't hurt that she had a, a good gallop out. I'm going to go against just because it's a short. She's a short price, trying to do something that she hasn't done. 
Um, so I, I'm going to opt for the one instead of her, taking a chance on Chad Brown. Six has no shot. The seven actually likes her race, too. Um, you know, it was a, she had a slightly slow start. You're talking about trouble that they don't show you, but she had trouble last race. They don't show it. And she really had to work to clear. Once she cleared, it wasn't that hard. But um, I, I also set by my class. I prefer the four, and I'll get a better price. And the eight, I don't think, has any shot here at all. So I'm going to use the one and the four in my pick five here. All right, GQ. Um, GQ sorry, I went so long. I have almost nothing on the last race. So go for it. No, well, uh, the only thing I'll add, I know I, I, I originally only said three, the five and the three, which happens to be Miss J. McKay and selflessly. But um, even though you really shouldn't look at times, I mean, Chad's number one horse, the, the times are, are, are pretty good, especially the last two where the dogs were up, meaning that it was actually further off of the, the rail. And um, come, come, you know, we, we have no idea who was in these other races, but, uh, you know, the, worst, the horse's worst race was eighth place finish, losing by four and a quarter, and that was on synthetic, not turf. So... Who knows? Uh, but you're not going to get a price. I mean, the good thing is, and again, I, I might be the only one on the planet that looks at horses that are carrying weight, meaning not a couple pounds. This horse has been carrying the upper 120s. She's not. She's going to think that she don't have a jockey on her back carrying 118. Yep. So, um, and it's, and and again, only when it's a, a, a race of Middle distance, meaning a mile or further, do I even consider that as a minor indicator on um, handicapping? So uh, I think we're all kind of on the, the, the same um, trio, um, except for Eric throws in the price horse due to his uh, man crush on James Bond. That's true. Um, so we're. Do you remember a horse named uh, Barons from the 90s? Oh! God. That was like one of my first favorite horses early. That was uh, James Bond horse. But, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, uh, you know what the 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 horse, even though you look, yeah, just just one. I I hate horses regardless who have just won their nine winners or one other than. I, I I can't I can't you know not unless it's a light little race horse that. It's just moving, you know, step, you know, chopping. But I mean, the Brisnet turf figures are the third best in this field. So oh, you know, like take that. take that for what it's worth. You have you have you do have hope there, Air. So we'll let TK start off, or should we let TK end it since he's got inside info on this last race? Uh, we can let him, we can let him start it off. So I I know the horses I mentioned have no shot after he goes. So let him go first. Yeah. <laughs> So, so the so the news I have here a little bit is is that um, is really revolving around two horses uh, at opposite ends of the story here. So, okay. if, you, if you look at if you look at the one horse here, now on paper the one horse should be very interesting to anyone as well. But uh, just okay, because just, it's, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Just I want to make sure our listeners know who we're talking about. You're talking about the one Stella Mars or the rail horse. You're talking about Stella Mars. Oh no! I'm talking. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm 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 talking about Harold Angel. 
Right, yeah, um, I didn't have a post position. Yeah, there's, there's a, a entry. There's here, a coupled so entry. Yeah, yeah right. sorry, my I, I'm talking about Harold Angel. Uh, uh, is uh, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a that's a horse that actually um, is. Um, you know, they took a big shot with that horse and said, "Hey, uh, let's go put it in the stakes race and see what the heck happens." And well, it it, it got slobber knocked, and said, "Okay, well that didn't work. So we're going to come all." way back to a state bread race um and um in this case jose ortiz the inside info here is jose ortiz actually had a couple options here to ride and would have not got you know backstretch penalized for taking the choice and decided to stay on this horse um so and that's sometimes jockey switches and jockey plans are not always useful um unless you know the full story but in this case the full story is is that jose ortiz could have switched horses here to another horse and 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 who is who looks decent on paper as well and decided not to and stay here so that that's a pretty big indicator to me that this is this is a horse that's that at least jose ortiz really likes it's on the rail it's going to take off. Uh, it's going to get to the lead. I think it's going to uh, – or be very close to the lead. The rail's not going to give it much of an issue. The other horse that I find interesting, which is just um, – you know, you might not think of it being interesting uh, as a first-time starter, is on the AE. If Nebo or Nabo um, gets in the race, um, is a horse that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually include as well. Uh, for sure, mostly because um, I, I think this horse uh, they didn't intend to put this in the in the race, um, and uh, if it draws in, I actually think I actually think they think it's going to run extremely well, even though it's coming from the outside. So, um, so anyway, those are some inside story there. Um, if I if depending on how my ticket construction goes, though, this might be one of those races where I buy four or five or six horses because it's a two-year-old um, uh, race and especially a state-bred two-year-old race. Um, it might be one of those situations where where you uh, where you just spend the money because uh, because 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 the ticket construction says you don't want to get bounced uh out of this race when they're when you've got so many the the last horse that i, w I just want to mention is the george weaver horse this is one of those things that i look for and i tell people to look for and my metrics look for is is that if you look at the promised road uh that's the horse i'm talking about just so we're on the same page the promised road the george weaver ho horse that's a horse that they paid two hundred and twenty thousand dollars for but the quality quality road stud is two hundred thousand dollars so the delta between the stud fee and the price that was paid at auction was not radically different um and so that usually tells you a little bit um that this horse didn't like completely overshine what the stud fee was so uh, it's just something that you when you're looking at horses and you're looking at a bunch of two-year-olds and first-time starters and you don't have much else to go on that kind of delta between the sire expense and what the horse went at, at auction can sometimes be an indicator to you of what the horse's uh, physical value is sometimes. Yeah, um, one thing I look at, and I'm far from a two-year-old uh, expert. I honestly, I I like betting two-year-old races when they've run before, but first time starters, I, I just hate um, raising the three of them, of course, in the sequence. Uh, but one of the things I do look for is, like you said, the I guess the sire, the average sire fee, or whatever that figure is called, and then what they paid for. So. You, just so you know what TK is talking about, the seven, the promised road. 
uh, it's located differently, probably in different programs, but I know in the, um, in the daily racing form, uh, where it says sire quality road out of elusive quality, they list $200,000. And that's, am I right, TK? That's the average sire fee yeah. with uh, the right terminology. That's the, that's the published, that's the published sire fee. That's what oh. they publicly disclose that it's, it's going to cost. All right. And, and they paid 220,000. So they paid up 20,000, which TK is saying isn't like that much to pay up for. Um, and what I look for is the opposite. If it was 200,000 and then they paid 40,000 for him, I have a red flag personally, because if, yep. if a average fee is 200,000, they're only paying 40. Well, there might be either something wrong or just doesn't look up to standards that horse. So I usually always toss those horses. That's the only two year old angle, if you will, uh, that I have. And hopefully it's not a, a waste. But I also look for who pays up a lot, like TK mentioned, like the one horse, 20000 average fee, paid 50000 for him. The two horse, I'm sorry, Held Angel, 20000 paid 50000 for him. So that's the kind of thing I like to see. But again, I, there's so many things you can look at with, with two-year-olds, and I'm not that well-educated, so I don't want to speak too much on it. Uh, I'll just mention a couple of horses here just because I looked up a few things. Um, Held Angel, the two, TK mentioned he likes them. Just, just to clarify um, – I, I read, wrote in the last couple of times. He mentioned Jose. I read on another horse this time, but you're saying Jose still chose this horse. I just want to make sure we have it right. Um, yes, Sarai, that's correct. correct. Okay, so Jose had his options. He chose this horse. And interesting that I read would go to the 11 horse. Like we've talked about on this show before, I really don't care. Unless I have inside information like TK mentioned, maybe. Um, I, I don't really care who jockeys pick because there's so many factors that go in uh, unless you have some kind of knowledge like that. Um, he ran a good race, though. Before he got, uh, what was the word you used? Slobbergasted? I don't know. Slobberknocked. Yeah, slobberknocked, baby. I was close. Yeah. Um, his, his first race was pretty good. He had a, you know, a little bit of a wide trip. Uh, or she, I should say. He had a pretty you know, wide trip. Two to three wide trip. Not crazy. But I thought ran pretty well. Definitely is a, a factor here. The three-horse Adriatic Rose. A couple things that shocked me. First of all, I looked up David Don's numbers. First-time starter, two-year-old, turf sprinting. He's two for eight. That surprised me because I don't think of David Donk as like a two-year-old trainer, but he's had success with that. Um, and this is a horse who has two full siblings, one of which is a horse I love, uh, Nico's Dream. Uh, he, she's still, I think it's a she, actually, I should probably know that. Um, but still runs today is um, a, a nice turf horse, like a borderline stakes turf horse there. So um, more long distance, but between Donk's numbers and, and a successful sibling on the turf like that, uh, I'm going to take a swing on the three also. I'll throw her in. Uh, the five horse, I'm trying to give some prices here, Cinderella's Cause. Again, Carl Grusmark, if that's how you pronounce his name. I've seen him. He's more of a Finger Lakes trainer. Uh, this is a horse who's half the summer at the spa, who won first out in the turf sprint. So there's some breeding there. Um, Carl Grus, is that right? Grusmark, you guys familiar with him? I don't know. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right. Um, this is a horse that the average sire fee, 10000 They paid 135000 I don't think this guy gets $135,000 horses too often. Plus, with the, uh, with the sibling success on the turf first out, I'm going to use that horse. I'm going very deep here. Uh, TK already mentioned the seven, the promise road with George Weaver. I'm definitely using that horse, six to one morning line. Weaver's three for 19 with these. First time starters on the turf, two-year-olds. Um, over the last, I think it's three or five years. I forgot the exact uh, amount of years. And 318 ROI. So he's very successful with this move. Uh, one sibling, one first out in a turf sprint. So there's something there. And that's pretty much all I got. Oh, the 11. Uh, I don't even want to try and pronounce his name. Violentium. I, I had to listen to the replays without the sounds. I don't know how the track announcer uh, called them. But two sims, 
uh, one on the turf, albeit made in claiming, so not exactly great, or one made in claiming, one claiming. Not great, but I think that horse has a shot. But I'm pretty narrow in other legs, so I'm going to go really deep here. I'm probably using, if not all, almost all the horses, but the ones I mentioned are the ones that I would lean on uh, the most. GQ, to wrap up this race. Okay. As far as jockeys, you know, I, I, I'm i always talking about that too. You know, oh, this jockey picked this and whatever. It takes me back to last year on Preakness Day when I was – had to get interviews, jockeys, trainers in the winner's circle. And uh, Jose Ortiz rode New York Central, uh, and he won the race. And I forget, he had, he had previously ridden another horse in the race. So I asked him, you know, one of my questions was, um, what made you decide to, you know, jump off a uh, horse X and ride New York Central? He just says, that's up to my agent. <laughs> so, so blame the agent whenever you know the the, the get on a different horse so uh, i'll i'll go quick because we're up in, uh, up against time um yeah i'll buy into the herald angel and um oh you know i i echo what uh, you said a bit about adriatic road looked up uh the, the old sister uh the only knock is they they're, they're not they're not win first time out and they might need a little distance. So I'll look, I'll leave the two off. Uh, I'll leave the three off. Um, just on pedigree and stuff. I need to use the eight horse dance hall queen simply because um, the damn sire is more than ready. And it's just a must use for me more than ready's on the turf. Um, TK probably won't admit to it, but uh, the Ortiz, uh, Chad Brown's 10 horse amid Amity Island was worth his salt. He certainly him or his brother would be on that horse, not Jose Lescano. So I'm not using the 10. I'm going <laughs> to use Stidham's uh, horse, Mol Sherry, uh, simply because, uh, you know, he, he does well with his turf runners and Johnny V Johnny V uh, riding the last race of the day. It's always, always a good angle. Um, Second time blinkers on the 11 horse, Volatia, uh, TM. And uh, if I have some extra money for my ticket, I'll go with a one for 36 trainer, Linda Dixon's first timer, Creesa LaRote, because I want money on her sire, Rote, in Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly. So that's it. That's where I'm going. So, Eric, did you want to? review the tickets and then we can say goodbye and thank TK for joining. Yeah, I don't I don't want to put TK on the spot if he hasn't crafted a ticket, he's more than welcome to share. But for, for me, um starting in race six, I'm shallow in race six. I'm possibly singling new uh, new bomb the three and I might add one or probably just one horse if I see any kind of workout report that's really sensational. Possibly more because I have a pretty cheap ticket. Um, the next race, race seven, uh, I'm probably just going three, four, eight, twelve. Uh, so three, four, I'm sorry, three, four, five, eight, twelve. Three, four, five, eight, twelve in race seven. Again, if I see someone on a workout report, because I'm already a little deep there, uh, I'll throw them in. I'm um, singling race eight, can be a park for one. Race nine, I just want to make sure I have it right. Four and five I wrote down. Just want to remember who they are. Flip to the race, they got 80,000 pages. That would be, oh, that's Tacitus and Mystic Guy in that race. Uh, race 10, I'm on the one, four, the Chad Brown, um, Tammy here, newcomer to the States, and uh, Giacosa, my girlfriend. And last race, um, 
I might even go all 12, but I'm going to be very close to all 12 yeah. in the last race. That's going to be my deep race. Uh, I didn't do the math because I'm probably going to have to end it a little by adding what maybe in the first race, but that ticket right there is five by two is 10 by two is um, 20. Let's say I use all 12 in the end, 20 times 12 is 360 divided by five. That's quick math. It's, uh, it's about a $70, $72 ticket right there. Uh, I might, again, I might go a little deeper in, in you know, one of the first two legs. TK, is it too early to uh, to have? A yeah, it's probably idea? too. Yeah, but uh, you know, if you if you follow the long, you know, I'm going to probably be very deep in the last race, even though I only talked about two horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can make a case like sitting here for seven or eight of them, right. um, and whenever I do that, I get closer to just hitting the all button and forgetting about it. But I'm I'm going to probably be singled a couple places, so it's going to be okay probably wind up going a little wider at the at the front end of with the i'll talk myself in to a couple other of the two worlds in the first two races just as uh you know what if type situations and be a little a little narrower in the in the middle so this is going to look like a sandwich in many ways with without much meat in the middle so two thick pieces of bread with uh a little bit of meat in the middle is the way i'll describe it so all right so uh um, my, uh, yeah, my, 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 I take it on with the single going, uh, in six race, the one, three, six, seven, and the seventh, two, four, five, seven. Oh, uh, and if I'm still alive by then, which Eric says I won't be. No, you uh, might be alive by then. It's this race will be out. I, I, yeah. I will, I'll, I'll, my, my single will take me down for Eric, uh, using my sister, Nat. As my single uh, in the uh, ninth race, Jockey Gold Club, Club. I'm afraid of Tacitus not, you know, breaking our hearts. So instead of single on him, I'll also use Happy Saver, thinking he could possibly do a gate to wire deal. And uh, in the tenth race, using Chad's Barner, uh, the one horse, along with uh, three selflessly, and the five is Jay McKay, and just go. Uh, Five deep in the last leg with the two, eight, nine, eleven, twelve. Um, that might come up to I don't know, but it for a twenty cent ticket, I think it might be mm, less than a hundred. Right, as, as we wrap it up, um, TK, just I know you have to go. Um, and people could Google Wasabi Venture Stables, but you want to throw out some uh, social media or website information for people? Yeah, if you, if you go just to wasabistables.com, you know, uh, we try to make it all online and very simple to sign up, very simple to be a part of it and join the community and start having fun. And you get to meet smart people like these guys is who you get to meet. That's, the, that's what it's all about. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be at wasabistables.com. Uh, Thanks a lot, TK. Appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Uh, My pleasure, guys. Thanks very much. Have a great night. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. All right. So GQ, as we, uh, as we finish up the show, thanks to TK for, uh, for joining us. Hopefully we didn't uh, screw up too many of your tickets handicapping wise out there. And uh, any final thoughts on the weekend? Nah. um, Some of you may enjoy a long weekend. It's Columbus day on Monday. So, uh, um, my, my, my tip, we, we didn't go to Keeneland, but if the Keeneland turf holds up like it did yesterday, for, forget about closers, just 
use any horse that could get anywhere within a couple lengths of the lead. They set two track records on Wednesday. One of them was in the Jessamine. I The horse cut two seconds off of the track record. That's a mile and a 16th. It's not like it was a, 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 a distance that they don't run a lot. Cuts two seconds off of a turf record. So um, and I don't think they're getting any rain or anything. And what can you do to a turf course to make it slower? So that's my tip for the for whenever you listen to this, Friday races, Saturday or whatever. Keeneland speed on the turf. You heard it here first and last. Eric, it's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot for putting up with me, as, as always. Um, next week, um, who knows what we'll be talking about. Hopefully something interesting. Yep, and like you said, it was a pleasure. It was such a pleasure that I'll forgive you for knocking Jose Lescano at the end there. I wanted to jump through the uh, screen here. The guy's won me more money than any other jockey in the history of horse racing, I think, but um, that, guy is, uh, that guy can ride. So on that note, we'll end it there. Uh, we'll return with our uh, bet of the week next week. We'll recap all that. We took a week off from that. But anyway, thank you all for uh, being out there and listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I really encourage you, not just because he's a friend, not just because I'm part of the club, but uh, Wasabi Ventures Stables, I can't recommend it enough. It's really been so amazing getting to go to different tracks. And no matter where I go, there's people there that I know through Wasabi Ventures Stables. So uh, if you're into horse racing, which if you're listening this year, Really highly recommend it. Very low risk, a lot of perks to it. So look at that. Wasabi Ventures, Stables, check it out. All right, uh, GQ, thanks again. We'll speak to you next week.